Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Kerry Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have an amazing director, producer, and filmmaker coming on tonight named Mike O'Mahony, and he will be coming on in a moment. But before I bring him on, I just want to introduce my show to anyone new who's tuning in for the first time tonight, or we have uh, frequent guests that tune in regularly, and I want to thank everyone for their support because the show has been an amazing run with all the guests and the fans that we have out there that have been a supporter of this show. I started the show approximately a year ago, and I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring on people in the entertainment industry and help promote them, support them, and spread their names out there to the masses. A little bit about myself. My background is predominantly in clinical psychology. Um, I work as a clinical psychologist during the day, and I also have a background in the entertainment industry, which is my other passion. So I, um, I'm a singer-songwriter with an album out. I also do some writing for some entertainment magazines. And recently I launched this show because personally I know how difficult it can be, especially when you are managing everything as an independent artist and trying to get your name out there. So I really, as I mentioned, wanted to create a forum to help people spread their names out there. So I'm going to show you you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession, and we're going to learn a lot not only about what they do for a living, but also about kind of their backgrounds and really get to know who the person is. I like to also help the person, uh, you know, get their name out there by who they are as a person and not just talk predominantly about spreading a good word about their product or um, just what they do. So you're going to really get a good taste of what these people's lives are like also behind the scenes in addition to what they are on the show for to promote. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. And you can also join us in the chat room, but I'm a one-person show here, so I'm going to be predominantly focused on the interview. If you want to call in and ask questions, the number is 805-243-1320. And I have a bunch of information on Michael Mahoney in the uh, chat room where you can purchase his movies, which we're going to talk a ton about tonight, and I'll do an introduction for him in a moment. A couple of things I ask people just to please keep in mind is that although I'm a clinical psychologist, this show is not meant to be providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. Um, if people have general questions and broad-based psychology questions, I will be more than open to answering them, but I'm not going to be really analyzing anyone, even though I will ask Mike some questions tonight because I found his movies, both from my watch this weekend, and they were fascinating. So I do have some questions about uh, what inspired him to uh, write these two movies that we will be talking about tonight. And secondly, I just ask that people, if you want to talk about any intriguing, controversial, humiliating stories, uh, to feel free to do that, but just to keep any identifying information anonymous as the show is not meant to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone, but I do want my guests to feel that they can be open and down to earth and talk about whatever they would like. So let me introduce Mike and then we're going to bring him on the air. So Michael Mahoney is a 29-year-old filmmaker. He is from Philadelphia. And he runs his own production company, which is called Maniac Films, and you can find them on Facebook. I put the link in the chat room so you can just click on it and please become a fan of it. He has written and directed two feature-length horror films. He has also worked as a director of photography and a special effects artist. And if you get a chance to see his films, and I highly recommend that people see the films, and we'll talk about where you can purchase them tonight, uh, you can definitely see the talent that he has with doing uh, special effects as an artist. Uh, it's very graphic. It's very gory. And if you're a horror fan, uh, I highly recommend it. You will enjoy it very much. Um, so his first movie was titled Deadly Detour, The Goatman Murders. It was recently picked up for some nationwide distribution through Worldwide Multimedia slash MVD. And it is out now in stores uh, this May. And you can check it out at Barnes & Noble's. Um, also, his second film, which is currently going to be making its way around the circuit for conventions, at horror conventions, is called Sloppy the Psychotic, and that was a fascinating film. So that's going to be coming out right now, and he's going to talk about tonight where he's going to be featuring that film. 
And maybe he will even get a chance to, I hope he does. I know he's working on a third feature film, so hopefully we can get to talking about some of that tonight. So again, please check out his company. Go to Maniac Films on Facebook, and we'll also ask him if he has any other sites such as Twitter and all these other social media sites where people can find out and follow Mike. All right, so let's bring Mike on. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, Carrie. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, You definitely deserve it. Your films were, uh, I I, I don't even know what to say. They were fascinating. Um, It reminds me a lot of when I was growing up. I used to watch those types of films all the time. So it kind of brought a lot of different memories back to me. (laughs) Uh, I actually get that a lot. A lot of people tend to say they remind them of the 80s, you know, low-budget exploitation films. Yeah, like that. yeah, we'll definitely get into that because I, I want to talk a little bit about how you shoot it, the, your style in terms of your approach when you shoot films. So, yeah, they definitely remind me of that. So I, I definitely watched a lot of that stuff growing up. <laughs> oh, cool. But, um, <laughs> yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about, about starting with your background and tell us a little bit about growing up. What kind of made you get interested in horror films? Well, for the most part, I grew up pretty normal. Um, you know, I got two sisters. My parents were together. You know, completely normal childhood. But okay. um, as far as horror films, I, I've been watching them as far back as I can remember. The big uh, thing to look forward to every week was going to the video store with Dad and him letting me pick out the grossest-looking VHS box in the store and then, uh, you know, going home and seeing most of them were, you know, pretty crappy. But they were always good fun, so... I, I right. know, that's probably where I get my uh, inspiration from, seeing all that stuff as ki- as a kid and, uh, you know, wanting to mimic it, I guess. And what what do you remember? Like, if you can kind of reflect back to when you used to go to the, the movie store with your dad, like, can you remember kind of the first couple of films that you picked out? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Chopping Mall, I remember. Um, okay. I Spit on Your Grave was one that always sort of uh, stuck out, but you never let me uh, get that, I guess. <laughs> You've seen that before. That's a pretty graphic one. Yes, I remember um, seeing that too, but I don't think I ever watched that one. Okay. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's pretty nasty though. Uh, yeah. the, the slaughterhouse. The you know basically anything with a lot of uh, blood or some mean imposing looking character on the cover immediately drew me towards it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can relate. Absolutely. Um, very cool. So that was kind of your inspiration initially, just because you enjoyed watching those films. Um, was yeah, there anyone? Go ahead. You there? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. No, I, I thought you were going to say something, so I was going to say go ahead. Um, was oh, there yeah. anyone else in your family that was also interested in this stuff that inspired you, or was it just something that, you know, you personally just enjoyed? No, nah, it was mostly just me and the old man <laughs> watching Okay. Them. I didn't really, uh, like, making movies was never, like, a childhood uh, ambition or dream of mine. That didn't really come along until, like, my mid-20s when I had seen you know, enough of them, and you see enough bad ones, and you're like, you know what, I could probably do at least something that's good, and then, you know, just watching them and watching them, I eventually said, you know, I'm going to give it a shot and make my own. It all sort of went from there, I guess. Very cool. So you didn't even, as you said, you really didn't have an interest growing up in producing or writing or directing. It was something that just, like you said, later in life, you kind of developed an interest in? Yeah. I mean, I guess at at one point, every kid, you know, wants to grow up and be an actor or something crazy like that, but it was never... Right. You know, I, I never knew from day one, you know, the first time I saw one, I don't have any, uh, you know, good inspirational story like that. It was just eventually at one point I decided I wanted to make them. Very cool. Very cool. And do you, in addition to, you know, producing and writing your films right now and directing them, do you also have a, a day job or is this something that you do full time as the film stuff? Uh, I, I do it with most of my time, but yes, I do still have a day job, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right, right now, and the majority of the filmmakers I talk to are pretty much in the same boat. It's very hard with them. Mm-hmm. There's so many out there nowadays to make a living at it. you got to either have a bunch out or have a really good, you know, very popular one that sort of takes off. And right now, you know, we're not quite at that point just yet. Right. So what do you do during the day? I'm an auto mechanic. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, that comes in handy in building the uh, special effects stuff. And I don't know, I got a mechanical background, so that stuff's a little easier to uh, comprehend and build. Nice. Yeah, that is really cool. And in terms of the special effects, which is, you know, another talent that you bring to the table, was that something that you took classes for, went to school, or something you just kind of taught yourself? 
Uh, no, it, I taught myself, but that was like the first aspect. Once me and a friend decided that we wanted to make a movie, it's like, all right, well, what do we make? We had no idea. It's like, all right, well, let's just start seeing how well we can do uh, the blood and guts and the, the gross stuff. So right. before we were writing, before we were planning what we were going to do, we were trying to gross out my neighbors and do, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Very we, cool. We knew we were on to something. At, at one point, he, uh, we were looking up how to make it look like we stabbed someone. So we had, we had taped a sponge and a little... Uh, condom full of blood to my chest and pretended to stab me in my front yard and uh, one of my neighbors came out screaming with a phone trying to call an ambulance for me so like all right yeah oh, we're on to something here you know <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh that's crazy that's funny oh my god so was the goat man murderers the deadly detour one was that the first feature film that you did yeah, it was. Uh, we had just called it deadly detour and then when the distributor picked it up they changed the title to the goat man murders but, yeah, that was the first one that we had done. Cool. And why did the distributor decide to, just out of curiosity, why did they decide to add that extra component to it? I don't know. I think it's because when you Google Deadly Detour, nothing comes up. But when you Google Deadly Detour, the goat man matters, it goes immediately to all that stuff. I guess it was a more precise gotcha. name and easier to find. Nice. That's my only nice. thought. They never said specifically why. Oops. Is that you? Mm-hmm. Did you know? Did you hit the phone? It was like no. Die. Oh no, that was weird. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think so. Someone said this is weird. Uh oh. It's not me. I'm sorry about that. So something creepy is going on right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's alright. Okay. All right. Hopefully that won't happen again. But um. Okay. So when did you officially? When did you shoot Deadly Detour? Talk a little bit about when you started putting that together. We were doing the um, the testing of the blood and the guts around late 2008. And once we figured out, you know, most of the stuff, we uh, started writing it. I think also in December 2008, then January, we started getting serious and, you know, figuring out how to actually put the movie together and looking into gear. And then we eventually cast it, and we, we shot it in uh, July of 2009. Okay. Nice. And where did you, did you need to get permits and stuff? I know that there's sometimes some weird stuff in terms of when you're going to shoot a film. Where did you specifically yeah. shoot it? We we did. We got permits. We got insurance, all that stuff. We had no idea what wow. exactly it entailed. So we did everything by the books. And uh, we met with PennDOT to shoot at that rest stop that you see early on. We uh, met with Ridley Creek State Park to get permission to shoot at their park for two weeks. And, uh, you know, we got you know, legitimate permission, I uh, had to get insurance to shoot at the park, so it was a big ordeal to do everything that way, but, uh, you know, it worked out good. The park was really easy to work with. The guys at PennDOT were surprisingly very easy. They sent a crew down to help us out. I think they were kind of surprised when it was just me and, you know, like uh, eight or nine actors and three crew with, a, you know, with not too much stuff. I think they were expecting, you know, uh, some movie stars and trailers and stuff like that to show <laughs> up there. Right, right. So that's that's really cool. So in terms of when you're going down to shoot, like how do you go about getting a permit? Like what is the logistics of doing something like that just for, you know, educational purposes for people listening in who are interested in maybe pursuing this line of work? Well, originally when I had written the story, I wrote around what I thought we could get access to. I knew there was woods everywhere, so I figured, you know, writing a story in the woods is easy. A lot of independent people do that their first time. And I knew there was a truck stop somewhere nearby my house, and I thought, we could get permission, and then I kind of also thought if we couldn't get permission, we could pretty much shoot there anyway because it was kind of deserted. So basically, uh, the other guy that wrote it with me, Andrew Hall, just went down there one day, and he talked to somebody. He said, hey, uh, you know, I'm with a film crew. I'd like to shoot here. What do I do? And they said they told him who to get in touch with, um, the head of PennDOT. And we had to call him, set up a meeting, go in there and meet with a bunch of people. And basically, they just asked what we are doing, what we wanted to do, where exactly – at the rest stop we were going to shoot, you know, were we going to be doing anything offensive? And we were honest with them. We told them there was going to be a little bit of blood and there was, uh, you know, body parts in the bushes we wanted to do. But they were all real nice guys and they were all right about doing it. And as far cool. as the park, we did the same thing. We just went up there and asked. They asked. Um, they didn't have quite as many questions. They, as long as we had insurance, they said we could pretty much do whatever we wanted as long as there was no alcohol. So gotcha. we just did that. Very cool. And how do you go about seeking insurance for something like, I guess it's insurance in case someone gets hurt or something like that happens? Yeah, they needed a million-dollar um, policy against damages and uh, anything we would be doing against um, fire, you know, if we're doing wow. gunshots, we need specific stuff for that. Yeah, that was, that was a bit tricky. I didn't really know what to do, so I went to my uh, homeowner's insurance agent, 
asked him. He referred me to someone who referred me to someone. And I eventually got what we needed to uh, satisfy the park. Cool. Very cool. Um, so in terms of, like, a budget, what do you look at for when you're doing, you know, a film like Debbie Detour? What type of a budget, if you don't mind me asking, are you guys looking to, you know, produce and put something like that out there? No, I don't mind. It was, um, we had 10000 to do Debbie Detour, um, to do, you know, the insurance, all that uh, stuff, get the equipment. I didn't rent equipment. I just went out and bought it, which I'm glad I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, most of it uh, went into, like, special effects. The the camera was quite a bit of money, sound stuff. Um, I'm trying to think what else we had to buy besides insurance. Uh, tape stock. But mostly camera gear and uh, blood and guts, I guess. But, you right. know, now that I <laughs> – especially blood and guts, that was my focus for Deadly Detour. I knew it was going to be full of mistakes, and, you know, uh, it was our first time. I knew we weren't going to get it all right. So I was like, all right, if it's bloody enough and – what we lack in talent will just make up for in grossness and uh, offensiveness, and hopefully they'll carry us through the Yeah, movie. no, you, you definitely did with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and if anyone's listening, I, like, again, I said, you know, if you guys are a fan of horror out there, you definitely have to pick up Debbie Detour and go to Barnes & Noble, get this film. It's Like you said, it's, it's a lower-budget film, but it's shot really well, and uh, it has all the graphic stuff that you, that you would see in a horror film. So. <laughs> right, right. Really something you want to see. <laughs> Right, and some, I mean, not only just, it was interesting, because it wasn't, and I saw this in Sloppy the Psychotic, and we'll talk about that a little later, but, you know, it wasn't just about the the blood and the gore, but, I mean, there was some, like, real sexual kind of deviant type of stuff going on in the films, too, that I was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure I know what you're referring to in Deli Detour. And, and I don't, want, that right, I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We had an idea, and... We asked the girl, is this okay? Is this okay? Can we do this? And, you know, yes, no, yes. You know, I can do right. this. I won't do this. And we asked the good man what he was comfortable doing. And we just sort of said, all right, uh, do that. And we filmed them. We're like, oh, my God. It was, you know, it's, it was as uncomfortable <laughs> filming as it is watching it. But, they, you know, they yeah, were both was, really cool about it. No, definitely. I mean, the actors, I mean, you know, kudos to the actors and actresses that, that starred in both the films because, I mean, they all did a great job. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely some – you know, disturbing moments. Um, <laughs> where I was even, my boyfriend was in his room doing his work, and I'm like screaming. He's like, "All right, stop!" I'm like, "No, this, this is just over the So uh, that was definitely it. Was really good. They were both really good. So where did you get the idea to do Debbie Detour? Where did you come up with the concept for it? That was uh, the other writer, Andrew Hall. He uh, came up with the. He wanted to do the whole urban legend uh, route. I wanted to right. kind of do it more serial killer, slasher, gross out thing. Mm-hmm. But he brought me the story, and I was like, oh, it's kind of neat. It was pretty local to us. It was about an hour and a half from where we're at in Philadelphia. So we went down, we checked it out, and we did a little research with the, um, the story of the goat man. And, uh, you know, it, it was a neat monster flick, but I was, you know, intrigued. I could still do the the slasher route that I wanted to go, but still do a monster route, you know, what he wanted to do. So we just sort of compromised on that. And... and yeah, that's about, about how cool. we uh, came up with the whole Goatman story. No, that's really cool. That's really cool. And, again, like I, I just want to kind of, you know, tiptoe around stuff because I don't want to give anything away. I really want people to be able to, you know, see the movie and come up with their own impression and, you know, et cetera. So, yeah. cool. Very cool. So why don't we do this? Let's take a quick – I'll just put you on hold. I just want to do a quick commercial break with a couple of different um, people that are, you know, promoting the show and that I'm promoting – and then we'll come back and get into talking about uh, other stuff in the horror industry as well as uh, Soppy the Psychotic. Sure, sounds good. All right. Okay, thanks, Mike. Hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you are listening to the film direct film and director of horror movies named Mike O'Mahony. And please check out Deadly Detour, The Goatman Murders, which is currently available on Barnes & Noble. And uh, pick up a copy of that today, especially if you are a horror fanatic out there. I'm going to just do a couple of quick commercials. We're going to do one by Zero by One Sound Studio. They are out in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. It's an amazing studio. If you want to record music, if you need sound design for your film, they pretty much do everything and anything. Then we're going to check out Flirt Energy Drink, which is a female fitness energy drink that is specifically formulated for the female athlete. And then when I come back, I'll do a couple of uh, verbal plugs that I do for some other people that I support. All right, so hold on, listen to Zero by One Sound, and we'll be back in a moment.
Zero by One Sound, South Jersey's premier recording and audio production studio, featuring award-winning engineers, state-of-the-art gear, and spacious tracking rooms. Zero by One Sound offers musicians of any genre an exciting and professional recording environment. Call us now at 856-396-7672 to discuss your project and take a tour of the studio. Or visit us on the web at 0x1sound.com. at the gym? No, I drink Flirt. The pink energy drink? You like my energy, don't you? Yeah. Flirt is the first energy drink designed for women by women. Flirt, the one in the pink can? Flirt is jam-packed with natural ingredients. Really? Zero calories, DHA, folic acid, green tea, and putia. I could get it here at the gym, right? FlirtSport.com. FlirtSport.com. Yeah, FlirtSport.com for a location near you. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show, and I'll do a couple more plugs for some amazing people that I support and are supporters of the show. Definitely want to give a shout-out tonight to iRocksTV.co. It's an amazing company. It is currently a website. They go out and they do interviews with musicians and bands. They're going to be expanding into a magazine, so check them out at iRocksTV.co, and it's I, just the letter I, rock, R-O-C-K, TV, dot C-O. And also, I want to definitely plug, I'm a huge fan of comedy, so I'm going to plug tonight uh, Davin's Den, which is a fast-paced podcast featuring comedians Davin Rosenblatt, Joe Curry, and Pip Helix. If you are looking for a show that can make you think and laugh out loud at the same time, then Davin's Den is the show for you. They go live Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time to watch live episodes, hear or watch old episodes, or to find out more, about the show, go to Davin's Den page on DavinComedy.com, and that's D-A-V-I-N-Comedy.com. All right, and now we are back with Mike. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, welcome back, and uh, let's talk a little bit, before we get into Sloppy, psych- sloppy the Psychotic, that's tongue twister, um, about what we were talking about earlier with in terms of the type of, you know, shooting that you do, like you mentioned it being more of like the stuff you saw like in the 70s with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho. Um, so in terms of why did you choose to kind of go that route with the style of shooting that you do? Um, I originally wasn't supposed to shoot Daily Detour. We had another guy that was scheduled to do it, but for a last reason dropped out. So okay. I just sort of fill, filled in last minute. I had very, very little camera experience. <clears throat> So I, I sh- we, we had a real tight schedule. We had um, about eight days to get the whole movie done in. You know, we were all ranked amateurs. We didn't quite know, you know, how long or how smoothly we were going to be able to do it. So a lot of how I shot it was just basically what we had time to do. A couple days it rained. We had to hurry up and get, you know, an entire scene done before it rained. So it wasn't all deliberate how it came out. But, um, you know, I, I did my best to try to uh, mimic, again, how – you know, the old movies that I liked and try to get the best that I could with what I had to look mm-hmm. in that style. Cool. Yeah, no, I mean, it definitely, I think it came out really well for being your first film. I don't think anyone would really know that if they saw it. I mean, so you did a really good job with it. Right, thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and is that the kind of style you want to keep going in, or are you looking at some point to, you know, do something in more of the, I don't want to say higher end, but would you want to branch out eventually to doing something in a different style? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I use the same gear for um, Sloppy. I think we got it looking a lot better and a lot you know, more smoother, both with the mm-hmm. shooting and the editing. But, yeah, the, the movie we're doing now is the last one I plan on using with this gear, and I, I hope to upgrade after it to uh, you know, pr- probably HD. And then, um, yeah, I with each one, I try to concentrate on the camera and the FX and try to get them both better and better. So, yeah, I hope to get it smoother and smoother and each one looking sound and better. So, cool. yeah, I intend to keep moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, and if you wanted to stay with this style, there's nothing wrong with that either. I mean, I, it's funny. I'd never seen um, Rob Zombie's movies, and I saw two of them, and I can't. Right now, it's just really slipping my mind for some reason. It's been a long day. Um, Devil's Rejects and then The House of Thousand Corpses. 
Yeah, and I really, The Devil's Rejects, to me, really reminded me again of that kind of gritty, old school, you know what I mean? It was just, I really liked the way it was shot and stuff, so I like that stuff. Yeah, I thought he captured the whole feel of that era with that film very well. I wasn't too crazy about the other ones, but I thought that one was really, really well done and sort of, if it had come out in the 70s, 80s, I think it would have fit, you know, perfectly with what was coming out at the time. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought the other one, too. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was, I just was expecting a little more, and it was really hyped up, and when I watched it, I was, I don't know, it was weird. Like, I really liked it, but I just, I wasn't as, I guess, I don't know, enthralled with it as some of the other people who had said it was just so amazing. Yeah, well, if I remember correctly, that was his first one, too, so maybe he was going through all the first-time mistakes that we we went through as well. Right, The House of a Thousand Corpses, that one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, a huge was, Rob Zombie fan, so I could be wrong. I'm, he might have had another one in there somewhere. Yeah, I think that was the first one, too. And then he did the Halloween, which I didn't see, but I heard that that one was really good. That's what people said. So. Yeah, yeah I heard the first one was. I heard a couple complaints about the second one. Yes, that's what I, I heard that, too. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, yeah, so let's get into Swap with the Psychotic. And I definitely agree. I think your skills, you can definitely see, you know, how much you – grew as both a director, a filmmaker, and surprisingly, you were even the you were an actor in it, uh, playing the main role. So um, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to. Uh, Eric Fickey had sort of talked me into it. We were doing a, I was working as an FX artist on another film that he was working on, and they they talked me to doing a small role, and it was a, you know it was some psychotic uh, weirdo kidnapping a girl, and he saw me doing. He's like you know, and we were we were just starting sloppy, and he was like you know you could probably pull off this whole clown thing. I really didn't want to do it, so he, he was convincing me. We had a crazy schedule, and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be there every day anyway, so he eventually talked me into doing it. Yeah, I was I was curious to know if, if you had wanted to initially play that, or, right, was there something else that kind of transpired that kind of put you in that role? I thought you were brilliant in it. I thought you did a great job. And uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, and I, don't, I mean, you, you really... I don't know. You fell into the character really well. I'm not sure what that says, but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I don't really have much aspirations to act. Uh, a couple, you know, when I do the FX gigs or camera gigs, sometimes they ask to throw me in. And a couple friends have asked me to do, you know, parts in their movies, and I always say yeah, but I never really, you know, I don't really. I, I'm more focused on camera and directing and the FX rather than acting. So. Okay. I was very, very hesitant to do it, but it was a lot of fun to do, for sure. Yeah, so, did, I mean, how did you feel playing that role? Because, I mean, the character is just, and again, I don't want to give it away because I want people to really eventually check out this film, which we'll talk later on. I, I'm i hoping it's going to get picked up by a distribution. I can't imagine it won't. But, um, I mean, how did you feel personally, you know, being in that role? I mean, you did do some disturbing things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I well, mean, personally, how did you I, feel? Go ahead. I, I enjoyed it. It was I wrote the role. You know, me and Eric wrote it, but uh, it, it was right. a lot of fun. We, we do, you know, this brutal, disgusting stuff, but it's mostly done in tongue-in-cheek, and it's done in mm-hmm. sort of a fun manner. I know it's hard to imagine, you know, killing children in a fun manner, but it's, it's still, you know, kind of fun. So it was a lot of fun to do. It wasn't <laughs> – the, the sets were nothing like how the movie came out. The sets were always a high-energy, uh, very light-hearted, good time, and then – you know, through the magic of editing and camera that comes out to, uh, you know, the crazy, murderous clown that you see. Right, right. And actually, it's it's funny you brought up the children part because that's, that's cool that you brought it up in a way because I didn't want to, again, give anything away. But where did you find parents that would let their kids be in this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I was just like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, I mean, the kids were great. They, they acted very well. Um, but I was like, what parent is going to let their kid be in this film? <laughs> I was so nervous about the kids. They say there's three things you should never work with in movies. It's children, okay. animal, and water. So I was like, oh, and my God, we're breaking like the big – and yeah, rain, weather, because you, know, you can't really control it. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Okay. But, yes, yeah, so I'm like, oh, man, we're breaking the biggest rule. We're, not only are we working with one kid, we're working with 12. we got to kill them all. We have two days to do it. It's far away from where they're all located. We're driving out to Jersey to do it. So it, I was very nerve-wracked to do it, but um, – Two two of the kids were one of the actress's uh, sons. Okay. Three of the other kids were one of the other actor's sons. One kid was my cousin and two were her friends. And, and the other two kids were also another actress's um, niece and nephew. So we basically okay, just nice. recruited our friends and coworkers and 
again, the scene comes out very mean-spirited and uh, disgusting, but it was all fun. The, the blood is all made from chocolate, so they're having fun, you know, having to spit it out and <clears throat> get it all over them. And everyone always enjoys that, you know, having to get killed and doing the FX stuff, so the kids were no exception. So for the most right. part, they all, you know, enjoyed it despite it being two long days. Wow, and any any after effects, and I don't want to say it like this, but any uh, post-traumatic stress disorder where these poor kids, anyone experience, you know, maybe some <laughs> nightmares or have some issues after the uh, after being in this? I've been, I've been in touch with most of them. Uh, they've seen they haven't seen the whole movie, but their parents allow them to watch their scene. And okay. the only the only effects I know, we shot that scene in uh, Labor Day weekend last September. Okay, and um, the my cousin and her two friends that were in it, I know they had like a report lined up to do in school that Monday when they went back. And that night they all changed it to the, for the report to be about being in my movie and they brought in their bloody clothes and stuff like that. So I, I don't think anyone was traumatized. I think they all had fun. They liked being movie stars for two days and you know, they all got a kick out of it when they saw it. Cool. Cool. No, that's good. That's really good. But again, everyone listening in and, when the when the show's over, if anyone tuned in late, um, we can keep promoting it, Mike, and I recommend it because the podcast do really well in terms of getting some nice listens. So yeah, okay. yeah. So um, cool. So in terms of Floppy the Psychotic, tell us a little bit about you know who came up with was this your concept or was it you again and your friend Eric who wrote the music? I mean the music, it, yeah, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was strange actually. He was. We knew we wanted to do a movie. We knew we wanted to do it in the summertime. He was telling me an idea over the phone, and uh, I wasn't too into it. It was a cool idea, but I was like, ah, you know, I just don't really like it. It's not my style. You know, I like doing more sloppy, and then he interrupts. He's like, yeah, psychotic. And then we were both like, oh, hey, that's a neat-sounding idea. And then from there, like, the wheels just started turning, and he and I stayed on the phone for, like, another hour. And immediately we thought of a clown for some reason named Sloppy. And we just kept bouncing back ideas, and then, he had started writing a couple pages, and he would send it to me, and I'd send it back. And, you know, maybe a month to five weeks later, we had this story written. Wow, that's really cool. And, again, your partner's name is, what was it again, Eric? Eric Fickey. Eric he was Fickey, the okay. other uh, main writer, main producer. Um, most of the times, if I was on screen, he was working the camera. If I wasn't on screen, right. I was working the camera. We basically split the duties of doing everything. Very cool. And how did you guys meet? Because it seems like you guys have a really good rapport and working relationship. When Andrew and I were auditioning for Deadly Detour, he came in and auditioned. He's actually the goat man in Deadly Detour. Right. That's right. I did see that in the credits because I was watching that actually Sunday night. You're right. Mm-hmm. So from there, he, he was really easy to work with. So we had stayed in touch and you know became friends. And we, we were always over discussing ideas. And that one just sort of worked out. And we ran with it. Cool. Very cool. So tell us about where uh, where are you going to start putting Sloppy the Psychotic out? What kind of conventions coming up are you going to be uh, debuting it at? It, it started, it's been playing around since March. We had our local premiere. It played a couple of venues in Philly. Um, it played Days of Dead Atlanta, Cinema Wasteland, and just recently Motor City Nightmares. The next one lined up is going to be the Macabre Fair Film Festival uh, the weekend of June 23rd up in Long Island, New York. Um, aside from there, I got I have it sent out to a bunch more, but a lot of them aren't happening until later in the fall. So as of right now, that is our only next screening of it. Okay, okay. And do you still and do you also have it out for potential distributors to pick up, like your last film? Yeah, we're talking to two right now, but nothing's official. Nothing has uh, been signed, so I don't want to say who okay. is likely going to have it. But but yeah, I've been yeah, I, it was indirectly offered it, but it's just not official yet. Nice, nice. I mean, I can't imagine it won't get picked up. I really I really did enjoy that one. I really thought that one was just, you know, well thought out, well written, and, and definitely, you know, a blast to watch. So, yeah. Thank you. The, the guy we're talking to, though, he said it's good. Uh, we like it, but there's a few too much. Um, well, well, to keep it uh, a little more vague, he said a couple scenes had to be trimmed down a bit. So <laughs> it was a, few, a little too graphic on some parts. So we had okay. to... Uh, trim a bit. Gotcha. And and how hard is it? I mean, that's interesting. How hard is it to go back and do that type of stuff? It's not, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not fun, but it's not, you know, impossible to do. It's Yeah, it, it maybe took a day or two just to cut some stuff out. Okay. That's cool. That's not so too bad. There's people who have it now. They got it at the convention. They have the uh, 
director's cut, I guess. If, if it ends up coming out this way, like I said, it's still not official yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So, um, so what, I guess in terms of, what are your goals in terms of uh, the industry, and is, are you looking to try to get into this and do it as a full-time career? I, I'm not, I'll, of course, I'm not opposed to that happening, but, uh, you know, I, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, uh, how I'm doing it, and then ultimately, if I am able to make a career of it, then great. If not, I'm fine continuing how I'm doing it, just so long as I get to do, you know, the way I want to do it. Right. Right. Now, that's cool. That's really cool because most people, you know, they want to just kind of go gung-ho and, and hopefully, you know, become the next uh, big star. But, yeah, it's like you said, Mike, it's really tough. And there's so many different, whether you're in music or filmmaking or whatever it is, there's just so many competing factors out there. Right. You know, what are some recommendations that you would have for upcoming filmmakers or people who want to, you know, branch out into this line of work? Uh, don't make excuses, just make the movie. Everyone I talked to, they said, well, I'm, I'm waiting for this to happen, or I'm waiting for better gear, or I'm waiting to really get the story how I do it. But the first one you make, you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to come out to your liking. Just get it done and learn from it is my thing. With, with Deadly mm-hmm. Deeper, we held back a bit. I knew it was going to be chock full of mistakes, so we didn't, as you probably noticed, put a whole lot of story into it. But I wanted to get it done. I knew, I knew we were going to mess up. I knew I would learn from it, so... I just wanted to hurry up and get it done and move on to the next one to be, you know, happier with it. No, but yeah, my, my advice I is that's that's really definitely just go to it. Right. Yeah, for right. sure. It's I just like, you know, everyone – I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, go ahead. No, I, I think I keep cutting you off too, Mike, so don't worry about it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when you're younger, people start a band. As talented as you guys may be, it never quite comes out that good due to just you don't know what you're doing. So just get it done I, and just keep making movies. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, and I've been in, you know, many different bands and projects with music. And, yeah, I think part of the problem is some some of the people I worked with in the past, you you could not even get past the first verse, you know, in terms of recording because it was like, no, that's not right, and you didn't say this right, and it's like, oh, my gosh, like you're saying. I think it's really important to learn from your mistakes and be able to kind of grow and develop as an artist. So I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah, you definitely can't be a perfectionist. You just got to kind of roll with it. You're going to... You're going to compromise along the whole way. The story we had written for Dela Dito and Sloppy is completely different than what came out. It's just things happen, location changes, people drop out. You just got to keep rolling with it and get it done one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And what do you think, I mean, personally, since you're filmmaking and your films apart from, you know, other filmmakers out there? What, as far as... Yeah, what, makes you, what makes you unique as a filmmaker? What do you think kind of sets your films from other oh, filmmakers? Um, well, I think uh, I don't really hold back. I show probably more than we should. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very graphic. And uh, I don't know. I don't take it too serious. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not trying to win the Oscars. I'm basically just trying to have fun and, uh, you know, not take myself too serious and just try to enjoy the whole, uh, the whole ride. Cool. I think a lot of Very people just cool. generally want to, you know, cash in and get their name out there. And you know, I just kind of want to enjoy myself and keep doing what I'm doing. And I think, yeah, I think that's a really another relevant point that you make. And that, for me, for several years, it was about, you know, how can I get to the next level and become, you know, bigger and bigger. And then I really started to appreciate any little thing that I could accomplish. And I, it really made a lot more, you know, made things more meaningful to me, whether it was just getting a song on an Internet station, you know, versus trying to get Sirius XM radio. And I think that's so important that you make that point because I think people out there think, well, unless I'm the next big thing, I'm nothing. But that's that's an all-or-nothing way of oh, thinking. No, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's so important. Um, so, yeah, so what else do you want to share with everyone in terms of, can you give any information about your your third feature film that you're working on? Yes, I'm um, generally I'm superstitious about uh, naming films, but okay. uh, we started. It, it's it's well along. I've got a great cast and crew, so I'm uh, more than willing to talk about it. It's um, the one of my main actors from the first two movies. It stars him, uh, James Costa, as a. <laughs> it's it's definitely my silliest idea yet. So brace yourself. Okay. It's, it's a man who has a. <laughs> Severe. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny to say out loud, actually. A man who has severe irritable bowel syndrome and social anxiety, and realizes <laughs> that uh, murder helps cure his symptoms. Oh but, my um, gosh! 
<laughs> it doesn't it doesn't permanently cure him though. It's it's more of a temporary thing. So he keeps sort of bouncing back and forth from a uh, you know this miserable, anxious shut-in to a uh, proud, confident serial killer, and, you know, and back and forth. And uh, it, it's a very silly story, but uh, we we've begun already. It's very funny, and uh, it's a lot of fun so far. And I'm I'm really looking forward to this one. Cool. Well, I definitely want a screening of it when it's done because that's, I mean, I'm in psychology, so between, like you're saying, anxiety and the other type of stuff, oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds yeah, great. Uh, James had asked me to write a story for him, and, you know, we travel together, so we're, very, we, you know, we joke a lot. I said, all right, yeah, I'll write a story for you, but, you know, it's going to be the most ridiculous thing ever. And I, I'd written it, and I sent it to him. He's like, oh, man, I love it. This is hilarious. So I jumped right <laughs> on board, and, you know, um, I think in the beginning of the year we finished up and then we started casting and we're uh, we're we're in the middle of production now. Wow! Did you already start shooting too? Yeah, yeah, we've begun shooting already. Nice, nice, very cool. When's your when's your goal to have the movie filmed and completed by? Uh, we're doing another sort of a unusual summer schedule. I hope to be done filming in August. Okay. You know, a lot very of the, cool. a lot of the actors and crew they have you know they have day jobs so. A lot of them were limited to nights and weekends, so you know, hopefully by August we'll have it uh, finished shot, uh, being shot through the winter. We'll edit it, and then hopefully early next year it'll all be put together and be the biggest maniac film yet. <laughs> biggest, <Nice>. silliest maniac <laughs> film. No, that's awesome. I mean, and, and speaking of, you know, kind of crazy films, and I like how you, you do put a lot of satire into it, and it's not just about the blood and gore, but, it, you know, there is some humor involved in it. Did you ever see um, The Human Centipede? Because I haven't seen it. I mean, I've seen trailers. I've heard about it. Have you had a chance to see I, that? I've seen them both, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed oh, them. Have. The first one, <laughs> yeah, yes. I thought The first one I thought was, I thought it was well. It was, it was really well made and a good story. But, you know, I think with the idea of the whole human centipede, everyone was expecting, you know, a lot more gross out than it was. And, okay. You know, it, it was played very straight, but the second one was completely ridiculous the way they did it. It was all, it, you know, it, it, it sounds like what I just described my movie as what you'd expect. It was, you know, 12 people sewn together, the guys uh, injecting laxatives into them to make them, you know, Right, right, right. Don't give too much away because I do want to see it at some point. <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it was completely ridiculous. I didn't know if they were going for comedy or gross out or what, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a, definitely a lot of uh, cringing moments where you sort of, you know, brace yourself like, oh, God, I can't believe you're showing that part. And it, it's, right, it's worth right. a watch for sure. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, very cool. So, yeah, so again, please feel free to, you know, plug where everyone can find you at. If you have a Twitter page, your Facebook pages, any type of social media sites that you're on right now. We've got uh, a Maniac Films Facebook page. That's where we're posting all the uh, updates on this new movie, as well as the first two. Sadly Detour and Sloppy the Psychotic both have Facebook pages where we post screenings and, um, you know, all the information on those. Sadly Detour is available everywhere. It's on uh, Amazon. Um, it's listed, you know, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy, Target, whatever. You can get that almost anywhere. And then uh, I'll have a page up shortly for this new one. Now that I've uh, publicly spoken about it, I guess I have to make a page for that too so people can stay up to date on James and all his antics in that movie. Nice, nice. And do you have a name for this new movie? Yes, it's called IBS. When he's got to go, you've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the shooting title Oh, that's it. great. <laughs> Oh, my God, that's great. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of your movies, Mike, really a fan. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. We, we uh, I was going to say about the new one, we finally got, like, all our technical errors worked out. I think we can make a solid, uh, decent-looking sounding movie, and we picked the most ridiculous story premise to do it, so I think that'll turn out pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think, like you said, just by kind of getting your feet wet with the other two and, you know, now really knowing the type of direction you want to go in, that's great. That's really good. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely please keep in touch with me. Like I said, I'd, I'd love to see the next film, and I'll definitely invite you back on to uh, promote it and whatever else you're up to. Great. Thank you very much. All right. So, no, you did a great job tonight, and like I said, please continue promoting the podcast. I will do the same, and uh, we'll get your name out there, and, get a lot of people hopefully to uh, buy your film. Great. I definitely will. Thank you for uh, right. taking the time to interview me. 
Absolutely, Mike. Thank you so much, and much continued success to you. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right, everyone, again, you just heard Mike O'Mahony, who is a director and filmmaker of horror movies. Please check out his current movie, which is out on barnesandnoble.com. It's titled Deadly Detour, The Goatman Murderers, and Sloppy the Psychotic, as he mentioned, is making its way around horror conventions, and hopefully that will be shortly picked up for distribution. It sounds like he's got some interest with that one. And then finally, IBS is the next one coming out, and... I forget what he said. I think he said, when you got to go, you got to go. Something like that. (laughs) So uh, he's going to be making a Facebook page for that one, too. So please become a fan of Maniac Films and also become a fan of his other films that we talked about throughout the show on Facebook. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Again, if you tuned in late, you can check out the podcast. It will be available as soon as the show is completed and over tonight. Definitely want to plug for next week. We have an amazing hard rock band coming on. They are just hitting it really big. Their name is Candlelight Red. So if you are a fan of Sirius XM Octane Radio, they are all over that channel, and they're making their way everywhere. So we're going to welcome them next week. That is going to be Tuesday, and it's 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Let me get the exact date going into June. So that will be June 5th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Please tune in for Candlelight Red. They're an amazing rock band. And again, you can find them on Facebook and Twitter, and they're all over the place right now. So we'll be checking out uh, them. And again, thank you so much to everyone for your continued support and for tuning into this show. Uh, We've hit tens of thousands of listeners now. So again, please keep listen, promote the show, and it's all about the guests on my show. Definitely want to help everyone out there and get their names out there. Uh, Please follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. And also, you can check out my main uh, website, which is CarrieEdelman.com. I also have two personal Facebook pages, so please befriend me. One of them is maxed out at 5,000. I just started a second one to stay in touch with everyone. Please become a fan of the Carrie Edelman Show, and you can also check out my music, I have a, a music page on Facebook, Carrie Edelman, so please become a fan of those, and I appreciate all of your support, and I'm here to support you, too. We're going to close the show tonight with one of the songs off of my debut album, Leave It All Behind, and I'm currently working with a variety of other musicians and doing some featured artist work, so I'll have some other stuff coming out soon. If anyone likes real quick experimental music, please check out Dale Pantaleone, and I recorded on five of his songs. It's on his new Liquid Eclipse album, which is titled Adrift, and he recorded that at Zero X One Sound Design Studio. And also, I will be coming out with another single from another amazing artist named Sam Connolly, and uh, his album will be coming out shortly, and we recorded that also at uh, Zero by One Sound Studio. So my debut album, Leave It All Behind, is available on iTunes, and if you're interested, please just search for Carrie Edelman. And tonight, let's do, I think it'll be apropos to play this song, Uh, let's play Another Life. I think it would fit with... uh, some of the stuff that we saw going on in Mike's film. So check out Another Life. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we will be back next Tuesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, June 6th, with the hard rock band Candlelight Red. 